0: sworn the 402 Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks mix. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past the But they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye height to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Husker, more like Corn supper.
1: Are you ready for this podcast? Welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye oasis, located in a Nebraska desert. Those Nebraskans just happen to be tied for first place in the Big Ten West right now, and it's it's not a good feeling for us, boys. Well, this week, the Hawkeyes went down to Brett Bielehm on the Fighting Illini. Iowa only was able to muster up six points to Illinois' nine Set football back a hundred years, um, between the Thursday night game on, on prime television with the Broncos and this one, it was some of the worst football people have ever seen. Uh wanted to really get, um, before we get dig into this and get your guys' thoughts on everything, let's update the standings from the middle, light to light, find out where we're at and Mm -hmm. who did well, who did not. And I really can't remember. (laughs) I know there was some I missed.
0: Yes. So, um, Marty picked four, correct, and the rest of us had three Dang. um so that puts marty at sixty two percent and Kyle's at fifty and Adam and I are at forty seven hmm. <laughs> just can't just can't catch up to old Marty the sauce he's uh damn still you, marty. Kicking
1: butt. marty what wow. do you have to, what do you have to say for yourself you jerk I'm good well,
0: yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, with Nebraska squeaking that one out against Rutgers as a pick'em, I, I was the only one who picked Rutgers and lost that one. Oh my but God. Uh, I picked up some ones that, um, you guys didn't, I guess. So it was kind of a mixed mixed bag of different picks all the way around. So,
1: all right, oh, Marty, nice work. We need to get it together, Matt. Otherwise, he's yeah. gonna run, he's going to run away with it. He is he's working on it all right, well, we got no Kyle tonight. Kyle is busy um doing uh building that massive real estate empire, so you know sometimes that pulls you away you know you you build an empire you- you never sleep, you're always at it, always working, and so um we gave him some uh paid time off today so he could, paid time off huh? so he could so he could step away so all right, guys. Frustrate, frustrations are high. This is going to be like a therapy session right now. Um, a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say. Um, I'd I love to hear what you guys think about everything. I have a lot of opinions, a lot of frustrations, a lot of things that I saw that um, as an Iowa fan, and I know a lot of other Iowa fans too, if you hear the media and different people talking, people are absolutely furious that we're wasting a top three Defense in the country like this would be the number one if they didn't have to pick up after our mess on offense constantly. Yeah, Matt, watching the game, Matt, what did you see? <clears throat> what, what What are you feeling right now? What do you? How do you feel about the state of the program?
0: Well, I mean, like you said, the defense special teams came out big again as usual. Um, but when it comes to the offense, and you can't score in the five yard line, I mean, that's where I. You know, a line's got to be drawn somewhere. Here, uh, we couldn't run the ball up the middle the whole time, but still called those plays. So, I mean, it's it's a mixed bag of who to even take the blame on this. You know, bad play calls, um, offensive line still struggling. Petra's still overthrowing or underthrowing. Um, can't get out of the pocket when the, he's blitzed. I mean, just takes the sack. I mean, we lost a ton of yards on sacks. It's like, yeah. You got to know those guys are coming. I mean, they they show their cards and we're counting our clocking our our snaps. It's like they were <laughs> yeah. in there. It's like you know, as a quarterback, you got to read that defense. It's almost like he can't read the defense anymore or he's mm-hmm. you know, not too and, nervous to to I mean, if he wants to win so bad and it's just counterproductive against that, I guess I don't know. Where where to even start? Uh, receivers were dropping some catchable balls, too. I mean, that never helps any. Um, there were some good plays and some good drives. They just always stalled out. Unusual yeah. penalties, you know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can't have. Uh, the stats, I, I, I read a stat. It said out of 119 FBS receivers um, have more um, – have more touchdowns than you know our entire receiving core it's just crazy like, i mean everybody's got way way better stats and
1: yeah
0: i mean it's, it's just it's bad
1: marty i um and i'm gonna really um leave these guys nameless and as you can tell uh, from my sunburn i spent some time at the tailgate you can see the lines around my face from where i had my sunglasses on i was able to tailgate with um a group of some of some former players parents uh periodically and current players parents they're frustrated and and they're pissed um and they brought and the players are upset about everything too so it was nice to really hear straight from you know people that are connected to the program how frustrated mm-hmm. they are as well and one, one of the parents brought, brought up to me she said what other position on this team can you play like this and keep your job any other position like my son's position if he played this poorly he'd be taken out in a second why is it this position why are we so committed to historically and statistically maybe the worst quarterback in the history of Iowa football Um, and you know again he doesn't have anything helping him out either Marty but Marty from what you saw from watching the game how, how are you how are you feeling what were your thoughts from what you saw well,
2: I mean, this is a public forum, so I gotta be careful of the words I use here. But uh I mean, we just finished game six. We're not getting any better on offense. We're not making any changes on offense, and I don't understand that. Every other team that is rolling along this bad at a minimum would make some changes uh with with the strategy, but we're not doing it. And we all know why we, and I'll, I'll I'll vent just like I did Saturday after the game. We all know why Uh, Kirk's son is in there. Yeah. Let let me give you an analogy here, guys. I wonder, let's take Brian back to elementary school. And, you know, if Kirk as a dad is sitting there and watching his son fail at school, is he going to just let him go through all the years of elementary and let him fail? all these, you know, five, six years of elementary school, not make any changes, you know, not try to improve something somewhere because that's what Kirk is doing right now is he's letting his son fail. And as a result, he's taking the program down with him. And I think that is absolutely not right. It's not fair. It's not right to, to cost a good Iowa program because your son's on staff.
1: Yeah, it's it's not only tarnishing Brian's legacy, like how's Brian going to be able to get a job after this? Unless, you know, Kurt calls in a favor from one of the, you know, from Bill Belichick or somebody to get, you know, to get him an offensive, uh, you know, not even an offensive coordinator, maybe a positions coach uh, job in the NFL. But you're you're hanging your son out to dry. You know, if you're not letting him take free reign of what he's doing, you're ruining his career. But not only are you ruining his career, you're ruining your own. You're not ruining your own career, tarnishing your legacy is what you're doing. I mean, people are going to remember this, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years that, you know, is this going to be the downfall of this coaching regime that, you know, and this is why nepotism is not allowed in the workplace is for exact situations like this. You're we're in a position where we have a head coach that, when you watch him in his post game press conferences, has so much arrogance and disrespect towards the media, and is so condescending. It's it's sad, and he. I'll, I'm going to give the Iowa media a lot of credit. They, I, I watched the post game crop conference press conference. They're asking tough questions. They're really asking Kirk tough questions, and you know they asked him. You know, are you gonna? Are you willing to? think about making a change in the bye week a coaching change or something he could kirk couldn't believe it that he was asked that either well we won 10 games last year and you know i don't know if you knew that or not and um you know again being condescending and arrogant and then you know saying you know so i i think that's pretty i think that's pretty good don't you you're having to pull back from last year and talk about that we won 10 games and we won 10 games in spite of the offense. The defense drug the offense across the finish line of that season. And when you're working a job that much where you're that secure, and he said this week, that's one of my favorite parts about my career at the University of Iowa. I walk in here with the job security knowing that I'm always going to have a job. Well, it's that little bit of fear of if you don't do well enough for most coaches of this country to give them that extra kick in the ass to push him, to make adjustments, to always be on the cutting edge, to try to make changes. But Kirk knows he's got a formula locked in that if he does things just a specific way, he's going to win a minimum of seven games probably a year. And that's going to keep his job at Iowa. And that's the arrogance that I'm, I'm furious about. And yeah. extremely frustrated, you know, completely frustrated. We might about. not
0: get seven this year. I looked oh. at our schedule, and no, who are we going to beat with the offense this bad?
1: The only chance,
2: the only chance we got is Northwestern at home, right?
1: And, and you know, and I don't even feel like that's guaranteed. If you can't score no. points, you're not going to win games. And it, it, all this comes from like you know, like Marty, you had a long success, successful career. You're retired now. Would you have worked as hard as you did? if you knew no matter what you did, you, you know, you'd know probably never get fired. Would you have worked as hard as you did? No, no. I don't think anybody would. No. And, and I'm not saying that Kirk's not working hard. What I'm saying is that he's completely unwilling to even think about making any changes because he feels no pressure. There's right. no pressure to make a change. And as condescending and arrogant as he is in press conferences, dude, you haven't won a conference championship in 20 years. You have no reason to, to have the level of arrogance that you do. You are a really good coach, and you've done some really good things. You are not a great coach. I'm sorry. The, the, if you go off the statistics, you're not. Now you have influenced a ton of young men and made a major impact in their lives and done a lot of great things for them, developed a lot of NFL players, a lot of a lot of talented guys, which also, you know, brings up a whole nother argument. Like a lot of these guys that when they leave Iowa end up being a better NFL player, you know, when the NFL is as tough as it is, it's like those guys get into the NFL and flourish because they're not handcuffed by the system on offense that we have to deal with right now, you know, guys like George Kittle, like did anyone think George Kittle would be one of the biggest stars in the NFL? No. <laughs> you know, what was it, A fourth round pick. I mean, so many right. of these guys get into the league and, and they flourish, you know, and it, it's, you know, that's a whole nother rabbit hole in another conversation for another day. But you know, I'm, I'm super frustrated. I know you guys are frustrated. And um, you know, Marty, I know you were, you know, saying a lot of things. And one thing I wanted to ask you about is we talk about, you know, if, if we didn't have a quarterback that we felt like could do the job and it could execute, A, there's something called a transfer portal, okay? So, again, a coach that doesn't doesn't think like he can do anything and still keep his job no matter what, a coach with a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency, that's something we don't have on that staff, at least from the top we don't. You'd go out to the transfer portal and try to find somebody, okay? You know, and on top of that, we have a long, a young, inexperienced offensive line, Marty. Why wouldn't we go to the transfer portal and maybe try to get a couple experienced offensive linemen to mentor those young guys and bring them up so we're not so bad? I mean, we're one of the historically best offensive line schools in the country. last few years, we've been garbage. I mean, we can't run the ball at all. You know, Marty, what are your thoughts on that? And, you know, whatever you feel like you want to expand, like I said, this is going to be a venting session and a little bit of a therapy session for us and other frustrated fans out there.
2: Well, Kirk is not a new coach, so he's been around a while. Yeah. Why all of a sudden in the last three years are the lines, are the offensive line all freshmen and sophomores? How did that happen? Where did the juniors and seniors go? Where did the planning go? Where? What? I mean, yeah. all of a
1: sudden.
0: Right. I, I, notoriously good lines and good rushing at Iowa is
1: gone. Yeah. Yeah. And it it seems like, I feel like that's been the excuse so much over the last so many years. They're inexperienced. Why is that the case every year? In today's college football, that, there's no excuse for that. You have a transfer portal. Go in and get a couple guys. Go in and get a quarterback that can scramble. It, the type of quarterback that Spencer is, he's not an athletic guy. He's not going to be able to take off and run with it real well. If we have a bad offensive line, go get a dual threat quarterback that can at least take off and run. But again, the stubbornness, the lack of yeah. the sen- lack of sense of urgency, there's nothing to push him to do that. He, he, it's just like I know he knows in his head, I this is the formula. I can continue to do things this way, not change anything, and I'm going to keep my job. But he has for 24 years. Yeah. Occasionally, things work out where you win 10, 11 games once in a great while, which is
0: great. Our schedule was a little more favorable last year too.
1: Yeah, but you know it's it's getting to the point, guys. You've been the coach during your twenty fourth season. Brett Bielema was going into his second, and he came in and beat you already right. with a
0: backup. Was that the third string quarterback? With a backup,
1: yeah. quarter, backup quarterback? Backup <laughs> quarterback came to beat you. Yeah. That to me tells me a lot of things, Matt. Yeah. Um, you know, what how, are you, what are your thoughts, Matt? You talk How me. do
0: you how how would you feel as a as the backup quarterbacks at Iowa? If they keep saying this is the best we have, what are those two other guys thinking, you know, at practice and during the games, like this is the best we have? I'm chopped liver, man. I'm not crap because, you know, we're 130th offense in the country and you're saying I can't do any better. I mean, that's got to be hard pressed to take that as a kid, as a, you know, a 20 year old kid seeing that.
1: Well, you haven't seen Keegan Johnson take the field all year, like, uh, briefly, but you know, he has a, a little bit of a hamstring issue. You got to wonder, is he just going to redshirt this year and transfer? And, you know, we might yeah. get Spencer back again next year. He could take a COVID year and come back. We could have the Brian Farron's Spen- Spencer Petra show again next year. I don't know that I can sit through another year of watching that. Um, it's brutal. It, it's brutal. You know, I'm, I, I was there at the game this, you know, uh, yeah this weekend obviously you can tell from you know my face but just the the illinois fans just asking like what happened like what <laughs> what happened to you guys like it, it we they're 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 shell-shocked as us and like all the iowa fans are we we don't know we're not sure but again, like I said, this is why you're not allowed to hire family <clears throat> to work beneath you. And when they say, Oh, he answers to Barta. Okay. You know, like Barta and Ference are super tight, you know, right. they're not going to get rid of Brian unless Kirk gives the okay. You know, <laughs> Kirk has more pull at that university than Barta does. And everybody knows that. So I don't Marty, do you feel like that there's any sort of chance in the off season that they make a change at offensive coordinator?
2: I don't think so. Not, not during the season. Anyway, Kirk'll will, Kirk will see this out and he's going to win four games this year. So I, what is that? Four and six, then he won't make a bowl game and he's going you know. to, my God, when you say another year of Petrus, I'm going to take a year off from Iowa football.
1: <laughs> there, there's no point. I mean, it's just it. You know again, we say all the time he's a great kid and a wonderful human being, but he's not a division one quarterback I mean he's just not um I think a lot of a lot of guys could be great quarterbacks if they have a great offensive line and dynamic receivers that can get open. but you know if you're a really good quarterback, you got to figure it out sometimes you got to build a takeoff <laughs> myself you know if I'm Spencer petrus in the off season, I know that all the things I need to work on, so i'm going to be doing agility drills. I'm going to be running. I'm going to be doing sprints to try to give myself a little bit of an extra edge to my game. There's been no improvement from last year. Last year, that was a major problem and it's gotten worse. And again, that's the arrogance and the complacency of they know they're not going to get fired. And I want to know what you guys thought. And I don't know if you've seen this or not. The video surfaced and after Spencer threw that last interception at the end of the game and he runs over to Brian Ferentz and Brian Ferentz is laughing and smiling on the sidelines. Like laughing, what a good look, you know? And again, you, I bet if you ask Kirk about that again, he's just going to brush it off. Like it's nothing. I mean, he talked the way he talks to the Iowa media for those guys that have been there for years and years, covering that football program, it's, you know, you, that's their job is to ask you the hard questions. And that media has been ridiculed for not asking hard enough questions over the years because that Iowa football program won't let them into the building if they do, if they piss right. them off. You know, you know my, my dad coached high school football for over 20 years in the state of Iowa. And he always, I always gave him crap because he liked the Cyclones and he would root for the Cyclones every once in a while. And finally, one day I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why do you root for Iowa State? And he goes, There's a simple reason. I coached Iowa or I coached Iowa high school football for over 20 years. Okay. There's a wall around the University of Iowa complex when it comes to high school coaches. They convey that they got it all figured out, that there's an arrogance about it, and that they don't need you unless you got a player they want. They don't, you know, there's a wall. But Iowa State opens up the doors. Come on in. Be a part of our program. Let's learn. We'll learn from you. You can learn from us. Let's collaborate. Let's have coaches clinics, things like that. I don't get it. You know, I, I don't get it. We can't. We're not Ohio State. Okay, we're not Notre Dame, Florida. You know, Alabama. But but yet we kind of that that regime acts like it, like that that level of arrogance that we've accomplished the things that these top tier programs have. We haven't won a conference championship in 20 years. We've been, you know, last time we went to the Rose Bowl, we got blown out, got blown out in the Big Ten championship. You know, we, we did go to the Big Ten championship last year, and people want to say that. Were we the second best team at the Big Ten last year? Absolutely not. You yeah. know, if we had it no... wasn't
0: for East and West divisions, we wouldn't have been there no.
1: at all. <laughs> no. So I'm. I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this real quick, and I know – a lot of rants. And if you guys have something you want to say and I'm rolling, just tell me to shut up and jump in and just <laughs> cut cut me off. Rutgers today fired their offensive coordinator after the loss to uh, Nebraska. Okay. Rutgers kind of historically they got the birthplace of college football, but it's historically one of the worst college football programs ever along with like schools like Kansas, you know, Rutgers has been bad forever expectations at Rutgers aren't astronomically high. Okay. So Rutgers fires their offensive coordinator. And I was like, I want to dig in and see how their offensive coordinator and their offensive staff compares to ours. Okay. Um, uh, Iowa right now, we're averaging 238 yards a game on offense. Rutgers who fired their offensive coordinator averages 334 (laughs) yards per game, (laughs) Iowa. Averages 14.7 points a game. Rutgers, who just fired their offensive coordinator, averages 23 points a game. Iowa averages 156 passing yards a game. Rutgers, who just fired their offensive coordinator, averages 173. The University of Iowa Hawkeye football program averages 82 rushing yards a game. That's horrendous. Rutgers, yeah. Rutgers averages 160 rushing yards a game, and they fired their offensive coordinator. Um, Iowa's ranked 131st in the country in offensive production. Rutgers is 109th. Okay, 109th isn't good, but they're making a change. You
0: know, if we um, have the 109th offense. Versus 131st, we probably would have won some of them games.
1: (laughs) We absolutely would have. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's that just that little bit of a jump would have helped.
1: You know, and and one thing I want to talk about, guys, and I want to see what you guys think about this. Let's let's, let's talk about this. When guys like us complain, so like on Twitter, some guys called us and bashers and that, you know, all we do is bag on the team. That's not how it is. We're Hawk fans. We love the Hawks. Okay. We want more than anything for them to win. Yeah. That's why it's so
0: frustrating.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why we're so frustrated, but if you as an objective fan can look at what we're doing right now and be okay with it and not be questioning what's going on, I question your overall intelligence as a human. Like that, it's ridiculous. And to say go root for another team, sorry, you're not going to tell anybody to go root for another team. That's their choice. Okay, right. Um, We're not
0: bandwagoners.
1: You know, I'm not I, just going to
0: jump ship. I'm down with it, but that doesn't mean I can't point out what's yeah. wrong and make ch- tell them to make changes. It's it's not the point. The point of our ranting and saying that Farns needs to make changes are you know let somebody else in that can make the right changes that's because we want the program to succeed and we want to see them win and we want to compete with, you know, big 10 championships and national championship levels. It's yeah.
2: just as a, as a great fan, it hurts to see the program get drugged down. And right. I, I, it, it just, it, it hurts. I mean, man, I, I, every time they got the ball on offense Saturday night, I cringed. Yeah. I just no, God no.
1: I mean, a lot of people are saying it is the worst offense in the history of college football, like in the modern day era, and I and I believe it. But and I'm sorry, like I said, I'm at the point, and I want to see what you think, Marty. If if you're if you're Coach Ferentz and you're unwilling to make any adjustments and be that stubborn, does he need? To, does he deserve to keep his job?
2: I think, I think the loyalty and the uh, consistency he's had over the years. I think he should keep his job. I think absolutely his son needs fired. Then we'll see with a new OC coming in on whether Ferentz in the next two years whether he, uh, Kirk uh, deserves his job or not. Um, to see to see if it's the same old, same old under a new OC then you know what? We got to make change of the head coach then.
1: You know, Matt, what do you think? I mean, I the frustration, too, on my end is you got all these guys, and not to say the offensive guys aren't working their tails off in practice, but you owe it to the rest of the guys on this team, on the special teams and defense. You owe it to them to be able to make adjustments, to be willing to do whatever it takes to win a football game, to try different things. And right now, it's just he's not willing to do it. Do you feel like that if he's unwilling to to fire his son – that he should be able to stay in his role.
0: I mean, that's part of coaching. I mean, even if you didn't fire him and demoted him back to offensive line coach or something, yeah. you've you got to do what's right for the, for the team. You've got to do what's right. What's deserved for the defense and the special teams. I mean, when Brian was the offensive line coach, I mean, we had a heck of an offensive line. He was good at that
1: because that's what he knows. He's an offensive that's lineman. That's
0: right. He knows it. He and and he's good at it. But when you when it comes to offense and offensive play calling, you know, when you see a lot of negative plays running it up the gut and that's all you do is try to run it up the gut and keep seeing negative plays, it's like at some point you you, you can't do that. You're on a goal line stance 5 yards in. Yeah. You miss a pass you run up the gut and lose a couple of yards and then you take a sack and you're, and you're kicking a field goal. It's like, that's, that's a touchdown with every other team in, in FC, FBS yeah. mean, in, in D1 and D one football.
2: And we did it last week too. Yeah. One yard pass on fourth and two. Right. It, it, it's the same thing. A, four, a four, four, Yeah. Four. Four,
1: Marty, a former player came out um over the last few days and said that we're spoiled as a fan base and that we all sound like a bunch of babies. Um what are your, are, are we spoiled as a fan base? Like have we come to expect too much of our football program? No,
2: no. No. I mean absolutely not. We're not a spoiled fan bunch. We're a rapid ones. I mean we we uh we support our team. We but we want to take that next step. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to take that next step. And, you know, um, it, no, I don't believe that. I think it's, you know, a former player saying that is bull. Yeah. I I, I don't agree.
1: Matt, what do you think? Are we, are we a spoiled fan base? I would agree with Marty. I would
0: say, no, we want to take, I mean, from 2015 on, it's like, we're knocking on a door at, being able to take that and compete at a higher level and beat the Wisconsin's and Ohio States and Michigan or not not beat them every time but at least compete with them every time.
1: Yeah.
0: You, you know now we're sitting here and we're getting our butts kicked by Michigan. We're gonna get destroyed by Ohio State. Oh yeah. After it's this bye be- week, it's it's gonna be brutal.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, we're looking
0: at the schedule and Northwestern is our best chance to win another game. We're going to go, what, four and eight for the season again, like we did back in 2012, 2013. It's like I thought he was going to get fired back then and he never did. And he turned it around, but he had pressure. It's like if you don't have like you were saying, if you don't have that pressure, you get complacent and you let things slip. And
1: then here we are. It's it's dangerous to be in a situation like we are now when a coach feels like, you know other than a major scandal which we know that's not ever going to come out of the staff and again like i said about spencer i think coach parents is a great man and he's done a lot for the guys that have played for this program but there's also such a thing as staying in a role in coaching for too long and losing touch and being overly comfortable and overly complacent and you know it, it really to me feels like that you know, and we we don't have the infrastructure and the athletic director that's going to be ballsy enough to step up and make a change and do anything like that. Um, like we all said, we'll all be shocked if Brian's not back next year as offensive coordinator. And that's ridiculous because that type of performance from that offense with the whole offense, any other program in Division I football would be cleared out, would be done. And it's funny, I want you guys to watch our Twitter and our Facebook and our YouTube. Every time we say anything semi- critical of coach Ferentz, our Twitter followers goes down a little bit. And then after a few more days, then it goes back up, you know? So it's just like, there there's a lot of fans in this world that he's a God, he could do no wrong. And I'm telling you, it's to me, that's not the case. There's a lot of wonderful attributes and characteristics about him. And I've talked to a lot of players that think the world of the guy. And, (laughs) but to me, and I I know this is going to be, you know, criticize. I think that it's run its course. It, when when it's at this point and you're unwilling to make a change, it's it, it's run its course, in my opinion. So, um, was there anything else you guys wanted to say? Bring it. You know, talking about all this that you guys wanted to get off your chest or or talk about.
2: <laughs>
0: no. At what point does hmm. the defense and special teams say? Or, you know, throw in the towel. You know, I hope that doesn't happen, and I think they're all team players. But, yeah. boy, that'd be frustrating to set your team up for success and just have it fail over and over and over. At this point, <laughs> our offense is the definition of insanity. So over and over and over again, Is easy, different
1: results. As easy as it is to transfer nowadays – I'm going to, I'll be really surprised if we don't lose a lot of guys in the offseason in the transfer portal. I hope Um, we lose (laughs) Petros. And again, that's another thing that I would be surprised if, if he doesn't come back. If I'm Joey Labus and Spencer comes back for another year, I'm transferring. I'm out. I'm leaving. It just is, it's, it's insanity to me. Um, But we can sit here and, Keep bashing our heads up against the walls, but you know, again, we, we we love we love the team, we love the program. I'll always be a hawk forever, and it just it's infuriating. Like you guys said, to, to watch this happen, and when it feels like the fans care more about it than the head coach, that's when it starts to get really frustrating. You want the coach to care as much as we do. And I know he cares. I know, you know, he does, but when you're talking to the media and you're just dismissive as you are and pushing them off, like, you know, and being disrespectful to them, essentially, in my opinion, then some, there needs to be some hard conversations that yeah. need to be had. So, all right, guys, are you ready to make our picks? Yes, sir, for this week. I think. All right. It's I should uh, just is,
0: pick whatever Marty picks at this point.
1: <laughs> but you'll ne- you'll never catch him if you do that. You, it'll just be you'll, you'll continue I know, the time. We gotta, we gotta catch him. But did you guys know that the six-pack challenge is brought to you by <laughs> Meyer Electric? Meyer Electric with shockingly good service since 1833. Meyer Electric oh all right you know, uh, you,
2: you know with that sponsorship they must uh Meyer electric must have made it to florida because uh southwest florida down where i live in the winter they got 98 percent of the uh, power back so meyer must have went down there and helped out yeah uh, get it done
1: they uh that's they... line crew
2: probably there i would guess
1: <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, Meyer Electric does some amazing things in the community. There you go. And they got a, a handsome SOB running that show, from what I hear. Oh, all right, guys. Mostly, mostly SOB. No, mostly SOB. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll That's, let him know. Let a... Oh, I thought that was you. No. He is no. <laughs> not yeah, yeah. Nope. He is not affiliated with that organization. All right. That would that, – <laughs> that would – um. That would be nepotism. That's frowned upon on this podcast. Don't get,
2: don't get me going again. Oh, I like it
1: when you get going, man. Your your uh, your posts were pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. I'm like laying in my hotel room, like 11:30 at night, having a drink and just trying to soak it all in. And Marty's just like, "This is the worst quarterback I've ever seen." And just letting him. I getting
0: hammered on Twitter, and Marty's just
1: letting it out, letting it roll. He's teeing me up for uh, oh, lashing. God. That's i'll be awesome.
2: putting i'll be putting my name out there next time
1: well just just <laughs> j- just be prepared for all the venting that we're doing now there'll probably be some backlash for it so um all right <laughs> it's okay it that's on. what gets
0: followers right i mean you gotta I, hear both sides
1: oh yeah well it uh to me i just yeah i would love to hear the counter argument to it because like i said like and i've said this before. Just because your opinion's one way doesn't make you a bad fan. If you go on social media and personally attack players and tag them and stuff and go after yeah, their families. I'm and not stuff going like after that, the, uh,
0: individual kids. I mean, they are no. all young. At the end it, of the day, it's a bunch of 20-year-olds playing football.
1: The coaches are putting these guys in the position that they're in right now. Right. So, all right. First game, we have Penn State. The Nittany Lions are starting off really, really strong. They're 5-0. and Big Ten game of the week right here, they're going to Ann Arbor to take on Michigan. It's 11 a.m. kickoff at the Big House. Michigan's favored by seven in this one. Miller light, delight. Who do you have in this one?
0: All right, so I'm actually uh, I'm going to take Michigan on this one. Uh, Penn State ha- it, they are five and zero, and Michigan. Is also undefeated at six and zero, but uh, I looked at Penn State's record. Their best win was Purdue, and they only beat them by four. So you know, I think they're a little skewed in their five and zero match. I think Michigan's a really good team. I think they're gonna, I mean, Penn State's gonna be ready to play. They're gonna come out pumped. They're you know things are gonna be fired up. All right. But uh, I'm still I'm gonna take Michigan on this one, even with the with the points.
1: That was a solid locked-in pick right there. In the research team, Meyer Electric Dollar putting the good use right there. I love a good stat, Marty. I don't know about you. Who are You taking to this one, Marty? Michigan,
2: Michigan in the big house. I got, I got Michigan. I, I looked up the uh, Penn State too, and and they haven't, uh, they are undefeated. But uh, uh, I got Michigan on this one.
1: All right, Matt. Go ahead and put me down for Michigan in this one as well. I'm gonna go with the Wolverines. All right. The next one. We have Maryland, an improving Maryland team. Uh they're favored by 10. And Maryland's four and two right now. They're going to Indiana to take on a three and three Hoosier squad. This one's going to be at 230. Who are you guys taking in this one? Matt. Maryland's favored by 10.
2: What's Maryland's uh, record?
1: Uh Maryland's four and two.
2: Okay. <clears throat> So,
0: Indiana, man, they are struggling this year. Um, they're kind of at the bottom of the barrel with Iowa here, struggling. Um, I'm going to take Maryland with the points on
1: this one. All right. Marty, who do you got in this one?
2: This is a tough one because uh, yeah. I I am not impressed with Maryland, but they have had some close losses. <laughs> but 10 points,
0: ugh. Yeah, it was tough for me too. Yeah. Huh?
2: <clears throat> um, I'm gonna go Maryland on this one,
1: okay good call there I'm gonna go with maryland as as well and we and I promise Marty, we're not just copying off you um <laughs> well, I went first that's true you did all right so I, I'm taking Maryland <laughs> I already have my go.
0: picks written down, so
1: I just like I get I'd be getting so many wrong like <laughs> apparently really? I don't know as much about college football as I thought I did, but it's a weird
0: year this year, too. I mean, there's a lot of odd things going on in, in college football. Uh, eight, Texas A&M took Alabama to the wire even um, yeah. Saturday night. I mean, that was a close game. A&M had a chance to to win it and and couldn't – Alabama's defense came out big. But, I mean, there's just a lot of different outcomes that I wouldn't have expected this year.
1: My wife's like, you you don't get nearly as upset – this year when iowa loses you normally do and i'm just like (laughs) when when it's this bad it's like how do you get mad it's just like going to every game expecting
0: a loss if you win (laughs) it's a blessing if you don't then you know you prepared
1: yourself for it yeah i mean and yeah you got to think how frustrated phil parker's got to be i mean oh man i I would give anything to be a fly on the wall and in those coaches meetings like the guy's doing again Phenomenal year after year, though. an amazing job, and you got Cooper DeGene, you got Riley Jack Moss. Campbell. Yeah, Chad Campbell's a freak of nature. Oh man, the guy is so good. That's you got this,
0: Benson's good. Oh,
1: this defense Van is Ness. so good, and we're not even yeah, able to.
0: Lucas Van Ness, is a freaking machine. Oh,
1: and and they almost won the game single handedly for us with that fumble. Call and ran it back. I'm like, this is what was going to have to happen. That looked like a fumble to me, but they said his elbow was down and brought it back. Just
0: barely grazed it. I don't know. It was pretty
1: close. We also have not been getting calls this year that we normally get, so that's that's hurt too. All (laughs) right, uh, moving on. We got the Nebraska Cornhuskers tied for first place in the Big Ten West. Cornhuskers (laughs) are flying high right now. Mickey Joseph is he keeps winning. Boy, you're gonna have to hire that guy. You know, (laughs) he's doing really, really well. Those guys are playing. Those are games typically that like he's winning. Like last week they won by what one point that's a game. Scott Frost would have lost. So you got to take note of that. This guy's
0: he's turning it slowly, turning the I mean, mid season like that in, in stride, it's tough to do. And he's, he's doing a pretty good job.
1: Yeah. Finding ways to win. uh, It's been impressive. They are going to Purdue. Now Purdue is favored by 11, um, I I met Jeff Brom in the off season and I've gotten a lot more flack than I thought getting to my picture taken with him. A lot of people did not like that. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to make sure I don't do that ever again. So <laughs> no, no pictures with opposing coaches. I think I especially heard that he's taken guys from us in the transfer. No. Yeah. It looked like I was fraternizing with the enemy a little bit, which I get. So I appreciate the, the feedback on that one. So that's a that's a six thirty <laughs> game. Purdue's favored by eleven. Nebraska coming to town. Um, Matt, to delight. Light. Who are you taking in this one?
0: So I like Purdue's rushing defense and their defense as a whole a little bit better than Nebraska's defense. I think they're still struggling there. Nebraska is, um, you know, they beat Indiana and in Wreckers. They're kind of the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Big Ten teams. Uh, I know it's a lot, It's 11 points. It's a lot of points. Uh, but I think Purdue's offense against that defense and Purdue's defense is, you know, going to be able to hold Nebraska. So I'm going to take Purdue.
1: All right, Marty, who you taking in this one? We got the Cornhuskers and the Boilermakers. Get my friend or friends over there around the Boilermakers on me. Who you taking?
2: I think uh, Purdue will win this but I don't think they're going to win by 11 so I'm taking Nebraska.
1: Okay. All right. Um again it's going to look like I'm cheating but um I'm going to go since Marty took Nebraska I got to go against him. I was going to take Nebraska but I got to start to be strategic here. I'm going to go with Purdue here. So put put me on for that. Got it. All right. Here we go. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, another team in the Big Ten West that's on the rise. Uh, They are 4-1. They're favored by four going to Memorial Stadium in uh, Champagne, Urbana, Illinois, taking on the fight in Illini. A team at Illinois, they're ranked now for the first time in a while. Beat the Hawkeyes for the first time since 2008. This game's at 11 a.m. Minnesota. I think this is going to be a really good game. I'm Really intrigued. Minnesota's favored by four. To me, this is like a pick and flip of a coin um, <laughs> type of game. Matt, who are you taking in this one? The Gophers or the Fighting illini
0: So I'm I'm gonna take the Gophers on this one. The the Minnesota offense puts up four hundred and ninety five yards per game on average this year. Woo. So and then with Illinois, you know, they're gonna have this backup quarterback. Are they gonna be able to score points? Like they were, I, I mean, I think with that quarterback change being the backup and what Minnesota can do on offense if they're rolling. I mean, Illinois' defense is good. Don't get me wrong. They have a really good defense, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I still think Minnesota's going to pull that off.
1: Yeah, okay. Marty, who are you taking in this one?
2: Illinois will not be ranked after this game.
1: Okay. All right. So you're going to be taking the Minnesota, Minnesota goal?
2: Minnesota. I'm taking yeah. Minnesota.
1: All righty, uh, Matt. Yes. I, I'm going to take the uh, the Illinois Fighting Illini. so put me down for that.
2: Okay. I just, I just
1: think that they're riding high right now. Um, I think Illinois' offense is not spectacular, but I think it's better than people are giving it credit for. And um, that Illinois, you know, front line, what what has been able to do with them in that short amount of time, is, yeah. I mean, if he's not Big Ten Coach of the Year, I don't know. I'll, you know, I don't know what it takes. Yeah, he would be my my pick. <clears throat> All right, the I'm last. Picking,
2: I'm picking Minnesota to take the West. Early Are
1: you? Prediction. Yep. Okay. I. That's a solid pick. I think. Marty's that, rowing the boat. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Usually that thing's just going in circles, but this year it's going in Believe a straight me. line. Believe me,
2: I don't have any oars for that boat either.
1: all right guys our last pick here we got wisconsin favored by four um jim leonard had had a good performance they're three and three right now at michigan state who's two and four i don't know like michigan state might be questioning that massive contract for mel tucker he caught lightning in a bottle with that class and they gave him all the money in the world like scrooge mcduck he could go swimming in his bank account with all that cash <laughs> uh who are you guys taking in this one wisconsin favored by four going to east lansing
2: let me ask a question michigan state yesterday lost to ohio state yeah do what was the score of that it, was, game? It, was a,
1: it was a blowout okay yeah i don't remember the exact score
0: <laughs> i'll tell you here in a second I thought I could uh, 49 to 20. Okay. So they put up some points on. Them.
1: So Maddie, who are you taking yep. on this one?
0: All right. So I am going to take Wisconsin. Um, they're still putting up over 400 yards average per game. Uh, Mich- Michigan state defense is allowing 445 yards per game average. Ooh. So wow. you put those two together. And that's just a recipe for Wisconsin points,
1: Matt. You are just utilizing. Yeah.
2: Shouldn't you be farming or something instead of looking up stats? <laughs> he's
1: doing it in the tractor, he's double dipping. Got a lot
2: of time in that grain cart,
0: <laughs>
1: tractor. <Yeah. laughs>
2: can you imagine what his field looks like? It must, you know, like this.
0: <laughs> I wasn't planting. I was combining, man. Good well, night. That's what I mean. The 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 going
2: like this. Oh, the grain
0: cart was going all over. Yeah, I wrote my I wrote Miller Light delight in the field, like crawled it on son-in-law.
1: Nice. Uh, (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's that's
2: impressive. It was. It looked
0: good from the drone.
2: And let me know tomorrow morning if you see aliens uh, over your field tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Coming in for the delicious Miller Lights. There you
2: go.
1: Bringing them (laughs) on in for the good stuff.
2: Matt's getting aliens drunk. (laughs)
1: he would he'd be right. the guy he'd be the guy that would like be friends with him and i'd randomly see him out and be like i, I- <laughs> all right who are the hell are these guys oh these are <laughs> aliens that landed in my cornfield when i was harvesting uh, i asked what you- they wanted a beer they're actually pretty cool guys
0: you you a- you called me king of the randoms for a while there
1: i did because every time i'd see matt you'd have some random dude hanging out with him and i'd be like who the hell's this guy where'd you beat him and he'd start <laughs> laughing and uh, I met him here. Da, 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 da. And I'm like you, you're you're a promiscuous friend. Iowa, nice. Yeah, All right. he'll
2: probably he'll probably find candies, candles out there in the field. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. She uh, in our in our next podcast, she is bought a big sponsorship, so we're we're real um thankful to her. I so. like it. All right, Marty, who are you taking in this one? Wisconsin, three and three at Michigan State, three p.m. kickoff. Badgers. Badgers. The Badgers okay I put me down for Wisconsin as well I don't see um how this is gonna go any differently I think I think Wisconsin's gonna end up having a decent season and having a say in the Big Ten West I think Jim Leonard's a really good football coach if he can get that offense playing just decent they got a real they, they're still a solid team there's a lot of talent on that Wisconsin football team all right guys it's been it's been tough this has been a tough season it's been frustrating it's been taxing we're all a little down. We're all a little frustrated, but let's remember, all of us that are listening, including us, let's be cool with each other's opinions. We're all hawks. We all want the best. I'm frustrated. You're frustrated, but you know what? Let's stick together, guys. I'm
2: all right. Go Hawks! I'm telling you, if uh, the next if uh, the next game puts me into AFIB, I'm going to make sure Kirk Ferentz pays my deductible. <laughs>
1: hey, <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> okay, that All right.
0: Justin, see how it goes, Marty. Yeah.
1: All right, guys. Everyone that's listening, thanks for listening. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, um, share it out. Let everybody know. We appreciate it. And as always, go Hawks.
0: Go Hawks. Go Hawks.